Good morning, welcome back to the Living Every Now Motherfucking Podcast. My name is Jacob, it's my birthday today, and... And my name is Will, happy birthday, <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it or not, but I feel like I should, because it's part of the story. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks for thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. Big two, three. Appreciate it. Yeah, Jordan year. Yeah, we're going to get it. We're going to get Wagyu tonight. So just flexing on all of you listening. So Yeah, what a flex. Yeah, it's been, I, I haven't ever had it, so I'm really excited. Anyway, today I would like to talk about, so I was going to start, I wanted this episode to be lessons from the pursuit of mastery because that's like my whole spiel. It's like I'm trying to pursue mastery. And so I wanted to kind of bottle up some takeaways from it and share those with people. There's a lot <laughs> of takeaways. There's a lot of synthesis to be done to in order to kind of, I don't know, make the things actionable. So it was going to be like how to pursue mastery. No, it's more like these are lessons for life that I've gotten from pursuing mastery. Okay. Yeah. So like how these, pursuing mastery helps you in other areas? Maybe, yeah. They're just the things that I've learned from pursuing mastery. Like things that I've gotten to learn from it. Anyway, I didn't finish that. It's it's kind of, it seems like it's going to be a writing piece that might take a while. Um, I think I have a lot of digging to do in order to do that. And then also I think it would be beneficial to have a sort of running list as I kind of remember things and I, I was like, oh yeah, that's a good point. I should include that. Like, I don't want it to be like an internet article with just like five key things to remember for pursuing mastery. Like, it's not that simple, you know? So um, I think there's a lot and I want to cover it all and I want to bottle it up. So what I may do on the podcast is break them apart. And because I only have one at the moment, <laughs> that I, I, I have kind of concretely understanding or a concrete understanding of. And that is, is what I want to talk about today. Leads me to my point, and the episode that we're getting into is, I haven't worked out how to frame what I'm about to say, so maybe you can help me. Basically, there's only, you know, you know I don't subscribe to like, we're special or whatever, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But like as a creator, and as somebody who pursues mastery in any way, the biggest advantage you can give yourself is to be better at being yourself. So what I'm trying to get at is um, there's a certain level of uniqueness when it comes to creativity that you need to explore and, and kind of double down on in order to carve out your own niche and carve out your own um, sort of business in a capitalistic society. And I want to talk about that today. Awesome. Do you think it has to do with creativity or is it anything you're pursuing mastery in? Yeah, I think it's I think it's anything you're pursuing mastery in because like think I'm thinking baseball or 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 uh a sport rather. Like Trey Young, he's he's barely 6 foot and he has things in his game that only he can do because he's only 6 foot. So, yeah, that evolved at like shooting from great distances and hitting floaters midway in the uh, lane and not like getting clean looks to the layups and stuff like that because that was what he had uniquely to offer. So he doubled down on those things and he's really good. He's probably the best in the world at like a running floater. 
And he's, he's one of the best in the world at getting fouls. And both of those things help his short stature as a player in the NBA. Luka Doncic, kind of similarly, if you go to an athletic stance, you were telling me a story about how he had figured out some at some point in his life that a doctor told him that he was like, uh, exceptionally good at stopping, but really not the best athlete. Um, so his game is built around that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So I think at least it's a very, uh, transcendent in athletics, which I think is a field people pursue mastery in, I think as a chef potentially, um, that's probably a creative field too, but yeah, basically being yourself is the best thing you can do. Um, because nobody else can do you like you can do you. So if you learn to do yourself well and continue to treat that like a field in its own and, and try and explore, you know, the greater aspects and, and strengths and weaknesses of self, you can separate yourself from the competition, I think. Okay. And that's that's kind of the whole point, right? Like it's a it's a competition differentiator, I think. And that's why there's so much success for people that it seems like there's so much success for people that really understand like their own self very well as an athlete, as a musician, as an artist. Okay, so just to get to the top of any game, you have to kind of be suited to what you play in that game. That makes sense. Right. Do you think you can bring it up one level higher and understand who you are at such a deep level that that informs what it is you choose to do? So, I mean, obviously in basketball, if you're seven foot, you're naturally inclined to be good at basketball. Right. So that might push you towards that. But for some of the more like knowledge work type tasks it's kind of harder or creativity. Like you don't intrinsically know that you're going to be good at music, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's not a visible thing like being seven foot. Right. Well, I think even physical indicators are likely, but not conclusive. I have a friend that's seven foot tall and all he wants to do is make music. And he's super frustrated by the fact that everybody wants him to play basketball all the time. Um, because he's seven foot, but like, yeah, he, but he is good at basketball, right? Yeah, he's good at basketball, but imagine if he like tried at basketball and like he'd probably be amazing at basketball. Yeah. But he his heart wants him he like he he's passionate about making music. Mm-hmm. So it feels uh constrictive for him. Uh at least the physical indication that he should be doing something. Okay. So so I don't know to answer your question. I don't know if you can bring it up a level higher and sort of prescribe things for yourself just by knowing it. But I do think that once you start playing a game, you can kind of figure out what you're good at and what you're bad at and then understanding uh, where to double down. So it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, I feel like people may get into a game and then like Trey Young, he's shorter than everybody else. He could easily see that as a negative aspect of his game or Luka Doncic could, could have easily seen being not being athletic as a, as a negative aspect to his game. But that's why I'm kind of bringing this up because I feel like it's not necessarily intuitive to then double down on the things that make your game unique. Like Trey Young short, so double down on the ways that create shots as a short person. You know what I mean? Versus mm-hmm. trying to shoot like a tall person or a taller basketball player. Mm-hmm. So and like Luka Doncic's advantage was doubling down on stopping and popping versus trying to, you know, over-athleticize people so it's almost like don't force it you know go the way that you naturally go and just like take that avenue and go full speed down that road now that you understand that okay so what does this look like for you in your creativity pursuit 
Okay, well, it's interesting too because I I guess I'm into sharing what I know and the conversations or I guess not what I know, but what I've learned to work for me and the conversations I have with my musician friends all the time. And they're, you know, we're all at different points in the path. I have some people that are way far ahead of me, some people right where I'm at and some people that are a little like, you know, I was there before, like, so I can kind of tell them advice and stuff. So to my friends that are, I was there before, you know, one of the most frustrating things and hardest things to do as a musician is find your sound, quote unquote. And this is how, this is how you do it. But you, you ha- like, I figured this out the hard way. It took me five years, five. Wait, how is it that you do it? How do you find your sound? Uh, doubling down on yourself. And so it's just making what comes to you, right? But like not, not trying to replicate anything. It's, it's like sit down, make music. That's your sound now. And then cultivating that. It's almost like doubling down on your strengths and weaknesses. So like we want to listen to popular music and we want to emulate it because we want to make popular music, right? And we want to, we have uh, idealistic music choices because we have idols in music. We have um, people that we want to sound like because that's what we liked growing up. But the truth of the matter is, and why it's hard to understand this is because you kind of already have all those influences packed into your brain and that is your sound, but it doesn't manifest until you just sit in a room and don't listen to anything else and make whatever comes out of you. Does that make sense? So whatever comes out of you is a shade of all these other things that you already listened to because you drew influences from, you learned it from somewhere. You know what I mean? You learned how, you learned what chords sound like from somewhere, drum patterns from somewhere. So whatever you make is in whatever comes naturally is really just an amalgamation of all your influences, but that's the key to your sound. That's the key to being yourself, you know? So would you advise someone who's trying to find their sound to not listen to other artists for a short amount of time? Yeah. So when I was uh, doing a lot of exploration at first, I think when you first are learning things, you, you copy and that's actually a really good strategy to learn things quickly. And I used to remake J Cole beats and party next door beats. And that's how I understood like, Oh, that's how they do this hi hat pattern etc and 808 pattern oh and they they like took the drums out completely in this section changed them oh you know that's so interesting um so i learned all these little tactics from things like that then it's okay you start, you kind of start getting driven by what you listen to a little bit so you if you listen to only top 40 hits you're gonna make stuff that only sounds like top 40 hits basically is what i'm getting at so i guess at a certain point i understood that and cultivated what I was listening to more intentionally and started spreading out. So I started intentionally listening to more genres than most people so that I sound like something more complex and, or something different than what they might listen to. Like, I don't want to sound like the top 40 right now because that's not going to be the top 40 in six months. I have to be ahead of the curve. So I have to, and I'm, I know there's like a natural latency and release. So you have to imagine that your song will come out six months later or a year later. So will this be good in six months or a year? And, and, and something I bring up too is, will this be good 20 years after that or 10 years after that? That's what I focus on. So my, my listening experience when I'm cultivating and listening for myself and trying to realize that that's indicative of what my sound will come out as, right? I have like natural, natural things now that are established. And that's, that's what happens when you, um, 
go down the path of your sound and double down on it. Like you start to get a kind of consistency. Now that I have that, then my listening experience is not only age, like time and age and time, um, variant. So like everything from today to a hundred years ago to genre variant. So every genre, I try to listen to literally everything. So death metal. Yes. Yes. Country. Yes. Um, all the genres that people try and pull up when you, when you, um, say I listen to everything. Yes, I literally do. And it's on purpose so that I don't sound like all of you other people. Huh? Right. That's really interesting. You, you're not just being authentic to who you are. You're intentionally changing who you are because you want, when you do be authentic, to be unique. I want, yeah, I want that to be unique. But like I was talking about, I doubled down on the certain things that you figured out. So yeah. So I was going to say, you had asked a question about, um, would you recommend somebody doesn't listen to music? At a certain point, yes. I went down this kind of rabbit hole of explanation and backstory just for context sake. And I forgot to mention this, but yes, at a certain point, you have to sit down alone in a room and take all the stuff that you, you know, all the music you grew up with and all the sounds and, and explorations that you did to a certain point to get enough skill to create whatever you can. And then sit down in a room because now you have the skills to make anything to see what comes out. Because that's the uniqueness, you know? That's 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 you. Um, and so then it's 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 after you have that core and building upon that sound, realize this is kind of another whole topic that we touched on. Um, realize that you're gonna sound like what you listen to. It's gonna be that core plus what you sound like what you listen to. So that's why I'm careful about what I listen to. It's it's almost like the uh, 80% is the core and then 20% is like the sprinkle of whatever you're listening to at the time. You can't even help it. You'll get melodies from things. And um, if you listen to music, you're gonna be influenced by it as a musician. So when does it stop becoming you're copying other people and become... I'm influenced by this. And then at a certain level, your influences become who you are. So what well, is the distinction between I am who I am because I listened to this music when I was a kid versus I am who I am because I listened to all these different genres and now this is me coming out. Is that not just all your, all your influences before you? Well, yeah. And it, it's, it's, it's interesting too, because you are, like all the what I'm talking about your sound and stuff it should be made in a vacuum. So you shouldn't be like I think there's a clear distinction from copying and being influenced by when you sit there and YouTube to MP3 the song and then put it in your session and then recreate the drums from it or recreate the melody from it. You know, that's copying and yeah. that's what I'm telling that's what I advise people to do when they're very new to music so that they learn don't put that out and say that's your music because it's not, you know what I mean? So yeah. what, I, what I'm getting at is, is everything that led you to that space where you finally feel confident enough to sit in a vacuum and make and create, that's all prior influence. Then it's, it's like, okay, this is who I'm going to be as an artist. Okay, what are the things I care about as an artist? For me, those are lyricism and like good production, right? Like those things are more philosophical that transcend into literally laying down a set of chords or literally putting it in a certain drum pattern. Those things are um, 
I guess like independent of any influence. Cause I feel like those are, I guess your values as an artist. And I have a particular set of values be- also because of the music I listen to, I guess. Now I'm thinking about it. Cause like I listened to a bunch of hip hop, which valued authenticity and lyricism and real stories. And now I feel like I have to be authentic in my lyricism and use real stories despite what popular music may do and write my own lyrics too. That's another thing. Uh, that's a very hip hop thing to do. Pop music and country music have never cared about that. And now all of a sudden pop artists are kind of being thrown into that light too, where, Oh, they didn't write this song. That's a little sus, you know? So people, people, uh, I guess, I guess opinions change the culture changes. Uh, this, there's, there's a lot of, it's a lot, it's, it's a tough conversation. It's, it's kind of, uh, theoretically hard to transfer everything I know about this to someone else, but, or everything I've learned about this to someone else. But what I, what I hope, like, I, I don't know, catch me up with where you're at and I can try and fill in the holes. What, what I'm trying to tell you is that there's a, there's a core that's built off of your whole life. Right. And then understanding that as a, as a, as a musician comes from creating in a vacuum, listening to nothing and like what, what comes out in this session that, and then doing that for a long time. And you, you start to figure out what you like and what you don't like about that. And then on top of that, that's like your beef. And then when you put your spices and stuff, that's, that's you intentionally listening to different types of music to make sure you're not influenced by the casual listeners influence, I guess, because you, I mean, we're fans. You're gonna listen to music. I'm a I'm a music fan. I'm gonna listen to music. It's part of my everyday life. I just want to make sure I'm careful with listening to music because I know that there's at least some trickle into what I'm going to make. Mm-hmm. I think music is unique in this situation because it's not immediately clear what makes a good musician and what makes a bad musician. Mm-hmm. Whereas in basketball whoever makes the most balls in the whole wins. Right, right, right. So Trey Young kind of, he doesn't have to decide for himself which part of him being authentically himself is good and which parts are bad. So him shooting from a long distance Mm -hmm. is authentically himself because it's the way that he can succeed in the game. Right. But as a musician, because your influences affect who you are and you can intentionally change who you are based on those values you were talking about mm-hmm. of what you think good music is. Right, right. Like the philosophical yeah, it, ones. It's kind of, yeah, the philosophical ones. It creates a feedback loop where you're, you as a creative musician might not be playing the same game as a pop artist. Yeah, so yeah, you could be playing different games. and you still guys, Yeah, you guys could be authentic to yourselves in different ways that are both successful. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Um, I think, I think, I guess the most important part about this sort of, this sort of philosophical notion of doubling down on yourself is those values, right? Like figuring out those values and what you care about sonically, what you care about lyrically, what you care about performance wise as a creative in general, do you want people to see, uh, as a visual savant as well as a music savant and you know, how is important, how important is it to you to actually perform? Cause in this day and age, you don't actually have to perform. You could be an internet artist like Zane, um, Malik from one direction. He literally does not perform and all his songs are great, but he does not perform. Um, those those are the parts that make you you and and i think being okay with whatever you chose and then just doubling down on those will make you as successful as 
I think the sky's the limit when you can you you can be confident in your choices and then just double down on the things that you decided make you uh, uniquely you, or maybe they don't even, don't even worry about them being unique. If they make you you, double down on them and and watch that story kind of evolve. Because I think I think too, there's not a concrete like it's it's very music's very abstract, and because as an artist. One of the things I value that makes me me is I value evolving as an artist. So I don't want to sound even the same as myself necessarily, but I want, I, I basically want it to sound like, oh, this is a new version of Jake, but it still feels like Jake. Does that make sense? Like if you listen to the best artists, I think they do this. So Kanye will make a new album and it sounds nothing like his last album, but it sounds like Kanye made it. And I think that that's really exceptional. I think Drake does the same thing. I think Gorillaz does the same thing. I think Daft Punk does that really well. Pharrell Williams does that really well. Mac Miller did that very well. Um, you you can you can hear evolution and skill and progression, and trying to push music forward. I think from all those people I, mis- I mentioned, and The Weeknd, by the way, um, but they still sound like there's something about it that feels like home to this person. And feels like home to this artist and the listener that's a fan of this person still recognizes the uh, aspects of that artist that they've always liked. And that's kind of the core that you have to really be protective of that I think is that, that part's very unique and, and only comes from trial. And so when I advise like people, um, I'm just like, you know, you know, make of it at least when they're first trying to figure out their sound, like make a ton of shit, make as much shit as possible and figure out what you like and what you don't like. And what you start to sound like in a vacuum without listening to anything else is what you're developing. You're developing your sound. And that is what you need to double down on and, you know, figure out more of understanding that sound is the best thing you can do for the rest of your career. What if your sound isn't unique? Like what if the the stuff you make in a vacuum is boring, basic shit? It, it, may, it might be. I don't know. Would you still recommend someone double down on that? Or because it's a feedback loop, would you tell them to refine what you think of as you by changing your influences in music to be more unique or more authentic to what you think you are? I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like that's a little off base for me. I wouldn't like recommend that per se. I feel like something about this tells me that if anyone were to double down on whatever they're making, if it was boring, basic shit, eventually they would get to a place where it's unique because like only you have lived the life you've lived. And that's where your sound comes from. Really. It comes from living. It comes from talking to people and listening to a certain song on the radio when you were a kid and, and, uh, dancing with people and, you know, kissing someone and, and having brothers and sisters and, you know, not having a good relationship with your family versus having a good relationship with your family, all the, you know, all the nuance to life, that's where your sound comes from. So it's not, I I would, I feel like that is actually a reflection of skill and not a reflection of your sound. I think they haven't dug enough. If it sounds boring and basic, basically I'm saying like, if you spend enough time, you'll get to a place that okay. sounds so good. So the majority of what you're calling your sound is not the influences from your music you have listened to. It's more about just, your life experience. Totally. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like the 80 to the 20. It's like 80% of whatever you're going to put out next is should maintain this core 
your values, your influences, whatever. And influences, I mean like tr- transcending music, all influences. The, the amalgamation of all influences in your life. That's what I mean when I say those influences. And then realize then after you figured this out, at least where you, you know, you need to get to a starting space. I did not figure out what I wanted to sound like until Born in the Sunset. And that's why I felt comfortable making a whole project based around it. Up until that point, I released singles because I was just trying to figure the fuck out. Like I did not know what I'm doing. Now everything I make sounds kind of like I made it. And that's a signature. That's like a sonic signature of me making it now. And I can't even, I almost can't even help it. It almost just sounds like me because I'm not trying to be anybody else. I'm just trying to be myself. I'm trying to be the best version of me I possibly can. So I think forever, even as I evolve now, with that mindset, I'll always at least sound like home, like the core, but then realize that, okay, oh, I've been listening to a lot of techno lately. Like that's probably going to find its way into my music or some part of the techno atmosphere is probably going to find its way into my music. And I have to be careful about that. So just don't listen to top 40 hits only. That's, that's all I'm saying after you get to that point. So that's not really what this conversation about is about. That's just, that is a nuance that I'm glad you brought up because now, after I figure that out, that's definitely something I'm very mindful of. Okay. Honestly, this is all pretty abstract because I personally am bad at picking out like themes in music. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't listen to two of your songs and like say, oh, those sound like Jacob mm-hmm. just because I, I don't have the ear for it. Mm-hmm. But I think that makes sense even in the basketball context. When you start out learning something, you start with the fundamentals that everyone else learns. Right. doesn't right. matter if you're you know six foot or seven foot. You right. have to know how to do a layup before you can totally. specialize in shooting threes or floaters or whatever it exactly. is. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's what I recommend. I was like, you just have to get good enough to even understand what you like and what you don't. Mm-hmm. What you're good at. Yeah, exactly. Um, and do you think those are the same things? What you're good at is what you like? Sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, sometimes you like singing and you're horrible at singing, for okay. example. Or you see a future as yourself as a singer and you're horrible at singing. I know uh, when I first started, I thought that I should rap. And the reason I should rap was because I was insecure about singing. But now I'm not insecure about singing. I've I've worked on singing for a lot. And now I think I'm actually a better singer than a rapper. But, you know, and I hate hate being a, I hate just, I don't want to be a rapper. I don't want to be a white rapper. That's really what I don't want. It wasn't you. It wasn't authentic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and now I'll I'll like kind of rap sometimes and I don't feel I don't feel any disdain for it at all. And it's because exactly what you're saying. I just feel a hundred percent authentic. I'm not trying to be anybody else other than exactly how I felt and exactly how I chose to deliver that song. So having the skill of rapping or having the skill of talking fast on a song, whatever you want to call it, or having the skill of being able to hit certain notes. I like that talking fast on the song. (laughs) We don't say the R word here. (laughs) He was talking fast on the song. Um, I just am not, I'm like, I'm not a rapper. I'm not a rapper. Um, having a vast arsenal, vast skill set only helps you choose and do what you really want to do and execute what you really want to say better than you could have done in the past with limited skill set. I was talking to you this, talking to, about this to you the other night when I was talking about, I, I'm, it's kind of, the words kind of escaped me. I'm hoping it comes back as I speak. <laughs> Are you talking about the explore exploit thing? So was it your writing that you're going to spend like 80% of your time just exploring your writing, figuring out what it is you're trying to say, and then the last 20% refining it? Uh, no, that's a good point too, though. Okay. Um, I was talking about how, oh, when I write a song, I want there to be 
as a like as the creator of the song, I want there to be no difference or as little difference as possible. In an ideal world, it's no difference, but it, obviously it's an abstraction of whatever I'm actually feeling. I want there to be as little difference as possible between what I felt or what experience actually happened or what story I'm telling to the song and that feeling that I experienced. So, so I want the feeling of whatever actually happened in my life or the story that actually happened in my life to match the song identically. And that takes a lot of skill to be able to be able to even able to articulate. It's, it's goes, it goes back to our interface conversation. It's music is a very, very difficult and production itself is a very difficult interface. It takes a long time to understand how to even articulate yourself. So it's like, it's not when you, when you can't speak the entire language, it's almost like you can't share how you really feel and being able to then like build up the skill set to then be able to articulate, articulate yourself is a very freeing feeling. I remember putting out born in the sunset or making the songs for born in the sunset and being like, Oh, this is how I actually feel. Like, this is crazy. I'm, I'm like saying how I feel in a song. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's, it's, it's hard to do. It's just hard to get to that space. I, at least it was for me. It took me years. I think some people are more naturally inclined to do it because maybe they give less of a fuck or they didn't have or have a phase of trying to be somebody else. And I think that that's very admirable, but just in my personal journey, there was definitely a phase of, you know, trying to understand where I fit as an artist and, and that there was a lot of like emulation in that. And, and when I, what the biggest breakthroughs for me were, was figuring out that, you know, just being me was the best I could do. Mm -hmm. And then doubling down on that is now what I'm doing now. As you get better at the interface of music and you can express yourself better, Mm -hmm. do you think you'll ever get to a point where you can express an idea that you didn't experience personally in a way that is still powerful? Because I know all of Bob Dylan's most famous songs are not personal to him at all. I think people think his best song is called like Hurricane or whatever, and Mm -hmm. it's about an African-American boxer. Mm -hmm. And he's not an African-American boxer at all. Right, right, right. And he won the Nobel Peace Prize for that album. Right. So do you think it's just matter of learning the interface of music and you have to start by learning how to say what it is you feel and then you could build stories about stuff that you didn't personally experience or is the pinnacle expressing yourself? I think the pinnacles, I think honestly I could write for other people, but it doesn't, or I could write about other people. I don't like that experience as a creator though. Mm -hmm. I think it's corny. Okay. Honestly, and I have no disrespect to Bob Dylan. I like all his songs too. But for myself, like I would call myself corny if I was doing something like that. I just think it's poor taste. And because because this is started as a self-expression, I want it to be a self-expression. I want it to be the best self-expression. And sort of uh, getting away from that is kind of not the plan that I, it's not the mission that I'm here to do. Mm-hmm. I'm here to reach this uh, congruency from reaction to self-expression, right? Mm. And it, that, you know, that's the pinnacle. The best artist in the world, in my mind, you know, and this is, goes back to influence and why I even have these pillars in the first place, but the best artists in the world, in my mind, are the ones that do that well and do it. There's, you know, you feel the most in those songs. I feel like I feel the most in those songs because I feel them. I feel like the real experience they went through or I don't know. That's why I gravitated to like hip hop, I think, because I related to the stories. I, I related to um, 
pain, like it's just basic empathies that felt very real because it's your story. Like nobody's going to be able to tell your truth better than you told it. Even mm-hmm. if you're writing for somebody else, even if you're a master at, uh, at expression in music, I don't think that, I think Bob Dylan maybe maybe romanticized it through a song really well and probably mastered that. But I think the guy who is the song's about could probably tell you the story personally, face to face, much better. If he okay. if he had enough tools in his uh, toolkit as far as like expressing himself even through written language or, mm-hmm. or auditory language. Does that taste or preference for authenticity extend beyond music? Do you prefer reading autobiographies to biographies? Like, oh, actually, someone's yeah. telling their own story. That's important to you. It actually is. Actually, biographies are so lame to me. Um, I get it when they're dead, like when they're posthumous. Um, but autobiographies are definitely the way to go. Cause I, I, you know, and the other thing too, is I feel weird when people like write a book, but they didn't actually write it. Mm -hmm. They just fucking like said stuff and then they gave it to a scribe and the scribe's like, Oh, now you have a book. And (laughs) I'm like, that's not like, that's why I practice writing my own written stories because I want to write a book one day and I want to be able to say, I wrote it and mean it. I Uh don't feel like, I don't, I feel like that's not writing. And I feel like yeah, a it, lot of successful people do. I think Gary Vaynerchuk probably does that. He yeah, makes totally. A bunch of videos <laughs> and has people transcribe them into books. But he's super successful. And it totally, works. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I get no, what you're saying. Yeah, it's a totally different thing. Like pop is a totally different thing than what I like. A traditional pop, rather, mm-hmm. is a totally different thing than what I'm trying to do. Yeah, and uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is the pop of writing. Like I, I get it. It yes. makes sense. Yes, you get it. Okay. Yeah, totally. That was perfect. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did this make sense? I feel like I feel like there's just I I just word vomit sometimes and I feel like I don't know if I actually make sense to other people. No, I I think it makes sense. I I'm interested to see now that I am thinking about this a little more how I see it in day-to-day life. Like what aspects of life does this, you know, actually transfer to? And how many decisions in your daily life do you actually get the opportunity to make based on authenticity? I don't know. I don't know. I I just know that, um, well, I can think of one situation. So socially, this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. I think people will try and go, you ever seen the guy that like tries to be funny? Yeah. That's a ex- perfect example. That's exactly what uh, people that don't sound authentic in their music feel like. Mm-hmm. Like when they're trying to be somebody else, you're just like, dude, you're funny if you just chilled. And just for yourself, like we would appreciate you more. Like mm-hmm. stop trying yeah. to be funny because that's not you, you know? Mm-hmm. When when you are you, we appreciate that. And everybody senses it. Everybody like smells it, I mm-hmm. feel like, um, especially in a social setting. So the in a social setting, it's like, what makes you you? Like I am an extrovert. I am very plainly an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Me trying to be introverted is not congruent with the mission. Like I can't, I can't do it well. So don't try. Like, I'm just going to be the best extrovert I can be, you know? And I want balance in my life, but at a certain point, I am who I am. Yeah, that probably has the same nuance as the rest of this stuff, which is when you first start being a human, you don't know how to be something. So you have to learn the fundamentals. Right. And I definitely know the feeling of being the guy who's trying to be something that he's not. I think we've all done it. And it... It's not a pleasant feeling, but Mm-mm. it really is just a lack of education because you you don't know what else to do. You don't have the skill set to be who you are. Mm-hmm. It's just like 
you don't have the skill set to do a layup yet, so you are not going to be shooting threes. That's really interesting when we think about just being yourself, because I feel like knowing and being yourself is probably one of the most important steps to happiness. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense why people experience a at least a basic level of knowing themselves enough to not really care about what others think or or just be themselves at much different points in in their lives. And that that totally like kind of clicks for me is like, oh, they don't have the skill set yet. Yeah, being yourself is a skill. Wow, that's crazy. Maybe. Maybe I'm just absolutely saying nonsense. Well, I feel like it makes I feel sense. like I feel no, no, seriously, like, especially in social situations, I feel like we had such a uh, unique upbringing because of the military of being military kids that we basically were getting the practice, you know, mm-hmm. how to enter yeah. a social setting, how to make friends over and over and over again. That helps us be ourselves quicker. Like that's probably why we have such a adept sense for our age group, I feel like. And there's a lot of people in our age group too that are, I think, give me a lot of hope about this kind of topic. But like, you know, I just think about the 30-year-olds I know and the 40-year-olds I know and the 50-year-olds I know that don't know self. And I'm just like, wow. Mm-hmm. I feel blessed to have any sort of understanding, like even scratch the surface of self at 23 today. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> huh. And that's another one of those ones that has a really tight feedback loop because who you are as yourself is very much influenced by who you hang around. If your entire yeah. family and community is racist, you being authentically yourself is going to be racist. Yeah. So wow. you kind of have to curate who you want to be authentically. Yeah. And I guess at a certain point too, like just to paint this a little bit more practically than like curating your entire existence, (laughs) you're probably not going to be a musician if you didn't get enough musical influence growing up. Right. You're probably not going to be a chef. You're probably not going to be an anti-racist if you didn't get anything other than that sort of set of influences Mm -hmm. growing up. So I think that there is, at least, but, but that's the same argument as saying you're not going to be in the in the NBA if you're not seven foot tall. No, you're just not going to be in the NBA if nobody around you was influencing you to play basketball. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like if you never had the practice, if you never learned how to do the things that you have to do in order to get out of that system. Well, like I, like I didn't make music all the time growing up, but I had family members that like I had a piano in the living room, for example, mm-hmm. that my dad just bought. I guess when he first got a bachelor pad and it was like one of his first like big purchases mm-hmm. and he uh kept it for like a, many years i think like 15 years and at obviously i was young enough to uh be able to play it at that point and that was i would say instrumental pardon the pun and making me a musician just because it was around so like even just having a basketball hoop as a toddler around would be enough I think to prompt you to at least explore that later in your life or like try out for a basketball team in sixth grade, for example, which leads you to another team, which leads you to another Mm. team, right? So, you know, you have to have certain level of influences in your life. I'm a product of my influence. I'm a musician because my life led me to be a musician. I do live in every now and I care about happiness because my life led me to this point. Like I'm not like there's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. So if someone is, you know, 29 years old, and they just picked up a guitar for the first time, do you think it's less likely that they're going to become a successful musician because they don't have the background? It's totally less likely, but it's still possible. Mm-hmm. It's 100% less likely. I, 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 I mean, it's 100% a yes that it's less likely. 
in my mind. Why do you think, like, even if they, you know, worked just as hard for the same amount of time as someone who started when they're 15? Yeah. Like, someone who's 15 right now and 39 right now, you think just the 15-year-old learns faster because they're young? I think that's true. I think being older is harder in a lot of ways uh, because of, like, responsibilities. But if they were the same, if they're the same set of opportunities, it would be a little different. But I also feel like, yeah, probably, like, neuroplasticity and stuff. Mm. Like, it would just be more difficult. I think it's just difficult to be old. That's why I'm trying to kick it. Hopefully, it's not difficult to be old. I'm not looking forward to that. I know, dude. I really want to listen to all your um, health or your old aging podcast. Like, you told me that one note about the other day. We'll probably bring it up at some point. But you told me that one note about the other day about the uh, NMN. And I was... I don't... I didn't catch the name of the podcast. I want to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, It was... Uh, David Sinclair on Joe Rogan. David Sinclair. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh. I think I saw somebody talking about that on their story yesterday huh. on Instagram. Weird. Yeah. yeah he's a really smart guy. Cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, that's it. I think. I think that's it. That's uh, part of mastery. Be yourself. Learn, okay. learn, learn what you're good and what you're uh, bad at. Double down on it. And, and, uh, you know, don't try to be anything other than yourself because that's ultimately what leads you to your, um, competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Trey Young, Luka Doncic, Jacobs Blue. <laughs> All 23 years old. <laughs> oh, for real? I don't know. Oh, idea. God. I hope not, dude. I feel old. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're old as hell. Okay. Well, uh, where can they find us? We are on the internet at liveinevernow.com. We have a Twitter and Instagram page at liveinevernow. The show notes below have a link to our Discord server in which you can come hang out with us. Every Monday night, we have a productivity session where you can come and work for two hours on whatever it is you need to be productive on. Yeah, you can, It's like a study with me. We're just going to not talk to you. Yeah. We're just <laughs> going to sit there in silence and every once in a while look at the camera. We, we do. We, we, we will have like more like uh, oriented hangouts where we just talk. But mm. the, these, no talking. We'll have Socratic seminars where we all align our Discord bots in a circle and discuss <laughs> the meaning of life. <laughs> um, thanks for being here. Thanks for doing this with me. Thanks mm-hmm. for being here. Love you. Talk to you soon. Hey guys. <laughs> <laughs>